to season two of the Chile Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. I'm abroad, living abroad, broadcasting from Santiago, Chile. I explore Chilean news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more with my special guests and our producer, Podcast Pinguino. To read more about the news topics you'll hear today, check out our news affiliate, chiletoday.cl. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you're feeling generous, rate and review. If you'd like to hear about a certain topic, have a story to share, or would like to ask a question, contact me directly through Instagram at Chile Today Podcast. Hey everyone, this is uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not Bethany. This clearly uh, I am Pinguino. Bethany at the moment is not available to record. She went on a fishing trip. Uh, at the moment, uh, yeah, I'm Pinguino. I'm right here. I'm with our last guest, uh, Lenny. Hi there. We're gonna bring you a little bit about news before we get into uh, the second part of our. We what was the name of the episode? Oh, was it the the seven ish weird things that Chileans have weird relationship with weird German weird things. Something yeah, weird. a lot of weird about... Chile, Germany's seven-ish things. And lots of weird. Yes, part two. That's going to come out. <laughs> that's going to come out uh, after this. We're going to talk about a little bit about the news. Um, much of an introduction, I'm not sure. I'm not much of a speaker, so I don't know. Well, really. you're speaking penguin. That's actually quite, uh, that's quite an achievement. That like, is don't true. sell yourself short. Speaking penguin and editing penguin. It's editing penguin. It's, it's a multifacetico. Yeah, yes, not easy editing with poppers. get right on to the news. All right. So we're going to talk about three things that happened last week. The first one you might have seen, which was the Iquique in what happened. Yeah. In Iquique, there was an anti-immigrant march. Yeah. Do you have something to talk about it? Uh, um, Actually, I I have a few thoughts on on the matter, but why don't you go ahead and give us the the rundown of, of what happened first. So on Saturday... A group of protesters attacked a, mi- a migrant camp and burned their belongs- belongings, such as tents and clothes and blankets. The Carabineros police force... Wait, I should have read this before. Uh, the, Car- the Carabineros dislodged the migrants from their encampment but did nothing to prevent the attack. Uh, the marches chanted racist slurs while waving flags. Uh, so what basically was going on in, in Iquique is that a lot of migrants, especially from Venezuela, they're traveling... On by foot crossing the desert, mm. and they get to Iquique where they don't have a lot of they don't there's no there's nowhere where they can stay so they stay in yeah. tents in the yeah. camps, in the in I think there was a there was a plaza, how, how do you say plaza like a small park yeah like a, like a yeah plaza that's, that's usually the term used like yeah. a plaza in yeah, plaza. Right. like the um, living square. there yeah, people uh, town square people living in tents and a lot of people didn't like that. Yeah. So they did a march against. At first, it was uh, it started out peacefully, well, as peaceful as an anti-immigrant march can be. <laughs> yeah. And of course, after, unfortunately, things started escalating, and they started yeah. burning their belongings. Uh, luckily, uh, as I said before, Carabineros managed to get people out out of the tents, and the, uh, they managed to get the immigrants outside of the tents before the march marchers arrived. Uh, yeah, that's basically the, the gist of it, and. Mm. International organizations have criticized the march and the yeah. events that happened. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think also there were, from what I've read, there were actually a bunch of these uh, these immigrants, well, not even immigrants, they were like exilees, if you will, because they mm. were on their way back, from what I understood. Like, that's what I read. Like, a bunch of them, they were actually on, on their way to the airport or whatever, just to, you know, leave the country again. Oh, okay. Which was also then, it's like, okay, maybe the protesters, they probably, the protesters probably didn't know that, but it's just like, okay, you just made it so much harder for these guys to leave, and that's what mm. you want, isn't it, you know? But, I mean, all in all, this is just freaking terrible what happened. I mean, I think big part of this is also probably on Piñera, because from what I understood, he made a big old promise, what was it, back in 2015? Two six sixteen. When, when he first, when he got, uh, he was sworn in back. No, it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, and he did. He did. He pulled a full on Angela Merkel. He was mm. just like, "Come on in, we can do that," yeah. you know. And then no, we okay. Like in his defense, quote unquote, okay, nobody could really foresee the pandemic coming or yeah. the social social or whatever. But it's just like don't don't make promises you can't keep. And you know, even if it wasn't for the pandemic or the estadio social, both of them, like I, I don't think that he would have been in a capacity where he where he would have really been able to to keep the promise that he made you know and look look this i'm all for let's say regulation when it comes to immigration be, just because be sure that if you let people in that you can accommodate them to the best of your abilities like don't let them live in in unworthy conditions you know because then they might actually have been better off going somewhere else to stay where they can't come from, you know, mm. in, a, in, in a way. So, so in a way, just make, make good, make good on your promise. And because if you overpromise, that's not only bad for the people that are already here, but it also in a way incentivizes people to keep on coming here. And I'm not saying that like they shouldn't leave wherever they come from because, you know, when you come from Haiti, Venezuela or wherever, like it's terrible, you got to leave, but then maybe not, they wouldn't have come necessarily to Chile, but would have looked for another destination to go to where they could live in better conditions. Yeah, 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 I, I follow what you're saying. It makes sense, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of um, immigration was stemmed from that, from Piñera's promise to Venezuelans too, that they were going to protect, like, that they had a home, a place to arrive, which, which was Chile. Yeah. Which, yeah, it was no promise, and they had, it was, they saw themselves overwhelmed, and personally, personally, I think that they just, decided not to really fix it yeah because um there were there are um reports that they were attempt that several charity work well, not charity cases but oh um non-profit non yeah. non-profits were trying to help create alvericus how do you say that in yeah, hostels if you will or just ref no, not refugee camps but more like um Safe houses? Yeah, yes. safe houses. Places where... <laughs> too many Hollywood movies. Like safe house. <laughs> uh, yeah, places where the immigrants could, where would be able to sleep without having to set up a tent in the middle of the park. Yeah, yeah. Which is what a lot of people were... were that was... Well, that was... It, they said that that was the reason why they did the protest because they, oh, we don't want these people in the middle of the park and crime and mm. whatnot. Yeah. And I mean, of course, I mean, in a way... I get that if you are a Nikika resident, you might feel uncomfortable with this. Like, I probably would not be very comfortable with that either, but I don't think that the immigrants are the ones to blame in this case. Yeah, they're you just, know. yeah. That's, that. I think that's the big thing. And, you know, this, like, like I've, I think this is just one of these typical situations where it's really high time to just 
debunk and re-debunk a lot of myths that have been going around. Because I watched that little video clip on the in the Chile Today website where there was this lady who just basically just, you know, blurted out these very typical prejudices. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, they take our jobs and crime and... You know, like why should the should the government spend all the money on them before it goes to us? Mm. And yet, like all these things that on the face might seem reasonable, but if you or not, you know, it really depends on where you stand. But like, if you if you keep on digging into that, it's just absolute bunk, you know. So I just did a little, and I wish I had, I would have had a little bit more time to prepare this. So just I I dug a little bit into that just to again make clear that. Like, uh, there's really not a lot to most of these claims that people bring up. Let's start with this whole th crime rate, you know? Yeah. Like, people keep on saying, oh, my God, you know, these immigrants from these poor, poor countries, they're bringing all the crime here and it's not safe anymore. And it's just, it's just not true. <laughs> just the numbers just do not back this up. And there have been several studies at nauseum. There have been numerous studies, actually. So so there was this study... Um, called, yeah, Criminalidad, Seguridad, Migración, Un Análisis en el Chile Actual, which means Crime, Security, Migration, and Analysis of, of Chile as, as of today, which was uh, published by the Servicio Jesuita de Amigrantes. Um, and it found that between 2010 and 2019, there have been six point, well, sorry, 1.6 times more foreign victims than perpetrators. So basically, if you put this into relation, you can see, no, these guys are actually the victims of most mm. of the crimes. They are not the ones who perpetrate that. And you could say, okay, yeah, well, most of the immigration started at around when the pandemic started and started like in, in, in 2020. You could make this case. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you know, if if you take a data set ranging from 2010 to 2019, that is very much representative. You know, mm. so I don't think that like if if you have two years or one and a half years of heightened immigration in between, that's not going to put a big dent into this whole thing. You know, like the same study even found like a negative correlation between like uh, permanencias definitivas. You know, the permanent uh, residency issued per year and the crime rate in the majority of regions, that means that basically the more foreigners actually settle down permanently, the lower the crime rate, you know? Oh, interesting. Yeah, then I found that too. And so, yeah, that's one thing. And what was what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. And I think actually the most interesting statistics here was that, and that was from 2019. Um, but first, we got to know that in 2019, we had about 1.2 million immigrants, which might be a little bit more than, which was about at the time 6.6% of the overall population. So foreign perpetrators are at about 1.5% of um, like, yeah, basically like all the perpetrators in Chile, foreigners of that is like 1.4%. If the overall no, okay. rate is 4.1. So... You see, if you just take the sample size of the of the immigrants here, that's a lot lower than the overall Chilean population. Mm. So that's basically the number that you that you need to basically put this thing to bed to say, okay, yeah, no, it's not the foreigners, it's not the immigrants that that are causing that are causing all, all the crimes here. You know, um, there was actually also there was a second study by the CEP, which is the Centro Estudios Públicos, I think it's called, the, the Center for Public Studies here. Sure. Called the, yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Immigración en Chile, una mirada multidimensional, so immigration in Chile, a, a multidimensional approach. It was also from 2019, and then came a lot to a lot of the same conclusions. However, and just to be fair, it also found that foreigners are overrepresented in drug-related crimes. Like, you got to be fair here. So, and yeah, but yeah. that was especially the case in the north of the country. However, 
This is not necessarily related to migratory issues and could just as well be criminal elements from abroad that come to Chile just for this purpose and this purpose alone. Also and not has nothing. Yeah. Exactly. They, done, they didn't come here just to, you know, settle down or to flee the home country. They're just like, hey, it's good business here, you know, trafficking drugs. So either way, there's no data to make that clear. Mm. So basically saying that like all the foreigners that come here and settle down, they bring all the drugs and cause all the traffic, that is also a conclusion that you cannot jump to because the data just doesn't back that up. Yeah. You have to add like a little box in the form when you get here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Are you just coming from drug trafficking or you want to settle down and drug, drug traffic, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's, that's going to be very reliable data. And there was actually a third study in uh, from 2020. That one is a little bit more recent called... Um, It was actually has an English title and was actually, for some reason, it was a German study. I, I don't know why they would care over there, why we would care, but okay, good on them. We were just called Immigration Crime and Crime Misperceptions, mis in parenthesis. And that one also found that while there was no direct correlation between migration and crime rates, there was a correlation between migration and the residents or the natives' behavior and so far that they start worrying more about crime, you know. So, so the authors found, found that Like the more foreigners are coming to an area, area the more the local residents are taking countermeasures against crime or the the promise of crime, if you will, such as like installing alarms and security cameras and even forming local militias. So basically, they're riling themselves up. They yeah. just see a bunch of foreigners. They go like, "Oh my God, crime is on the rise. We gotta we gotta kind of like do something and get that." And this becomes like a it, it's a circle that feeds itself. You know, it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy because you could make the case. Or basically, they could make the cases like, see, like we had to install all these alarms, like we even had to form a militia to defend ourselves against these immigrants. It's like, no, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Like you did this by because you assumed it was going to go that way, but it just does not go that way. I will say that it's a really big step from installing your own alarms and then just forming a militia. Yeah, you're right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to list up all the steps no, in yeah, between. Yeah, I, I understand, yeah, but it's, it's, a, it's like, oh, I just put in this alarm. Now we have we have AK-47s ready to defend our, <laughs> exactly. our house. Might as well just go all in, you yeah. know. You can, can, can never be too safe. So, so, yeah, that's one point. And I think the last two points that I can just tick off very quickly is this whole thing that this whole prejudice that, like, the foreigners are taking our jobs, you know, the Turk and Turks. And that was actually studied by the Cato Institute, which basically... It's not only tackling the U.S. because it's it's located there, but saying, saying in, in general terms, it found that tip immigrants all over the all over the world they typically move to growing regions and help the growth of that economy. And if mm. you could make you can make a case for Chile that Chile is a growing region, right? Yeah, it is a growing economy. So basically, they come here if they work in what they're supposed to be working in. They basically help the country grow. You know, the economy grow. And even if they don't work in what they're supposed to be growing, they're, they're Their labor, their workforce, yeah. you know, and since the country, the economy is growing right now. They're grow actually the economy is growing a lot more because last year wasn't really oh yeah well, I mean, so good, yeah. you know. I mean, it's all like relative. It's COVID, it's a, yeah, exactly. COVID has a big right now they're like re they're rehiring, you know, mm -hmm. and they need they need people to work, you know. So yeah. that's one thing. And yeah, and the other thing is, and you've probably heard this a thousand times before, they don't steal the jobs, even the. Lesser qualified workers, they don't steal the jobs, they just do the jobs that no one else wants to do. Mm. <laughs> That's another thing, you know. And the last point that I think is just like, it's just ludicrous, is like they abuse the welfare system. It's like, buddy, if they were to abuse the welfare system, they'd have to be in the system to begin with, and they're not in the system. <laughs> you know? yeah. Okay, they could receive some government help 
but this doesn't even compare you know it's not they're going there they're going to the to the histo civil every month and cash in their welfare check or whatever you know because they're not even legal here you know most of i don't know if most of them but a lot of them are not you know? yeah. so it's like you cannot make this argument so yeah i'm gonna get off my soapbox now because i think <laughs> i've it got my point across so uh so our second news which yeah. is a good one which you may have heard of it is that we are done with the curfew Woo-hoo. after 18 months yep which i think breaks a record in chilean history yeah. the longest time with state of exception in democracy yeah that's the caveat so yeah uh officially it will end on thursday september 30th mm-hmm. october 1st will the night of for october the friday night of october 1st will be the first one without curfew so you know plan your parties up ahead yeah uh there's actually i think there's a couple of disc discotheques that are already having like uh look i i gotta say like up to this po- i mean may, may, maybe i'm just like too old already but like when they moved the curfew to 12 12 o'clock midnight i was like well that's good enough for me <laughs> <laughs> so i don't even need that like that, that can stay there indefinitely i don't even care anymore and to be honest like if you went home after 12 nobody cared that's like, true yeah no, no, one, no it wasn't really... enforced anymore no Not even before all. they moved it to 12 even if it was past 10 nobody cared no, I think one time I, I got home at like 10, 15, just nothing. Uh, one time two... I got actually home like way past midnight and the, oh, okay. the curfew was still like 12 and there was nothing. I mean, I, I felt a little squeamish. I felt uh, like, oh, I don't know, I hope they don't, you know, catch me red-handed or whatever. But oh, okay. There were no cops on the street. Right. So. Now, I'm, I'm really I'm really nervous about cops, not just for any reason. Oh, yeah? Just... Oh, yeah? Tell me about <laughs> it. Why is that, you? No, no, I'm just, <laughs> I just get nervous around police, like, but you got to hide. <laughs> authority figures in general, so, I just get, so, um, so, yeah, like, it, Pat, like, it was 9.58 and start, already started getting nervous. Right, right. Excuse me, sir, could you please pull uh, over? <laughs> License one, and registration, please. I think one time a uh, carabinero just asked me for, like, a direction, and I just froze up, like, yeah, 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 yeah just over there, the street's right there. This is not hurt me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, basically that, and then on November first, the will start their um, the new more restrictions, but they're not going to be as restricted. Restricted. Yeah. Since we're done with the set of, of constitutional exceptions, so there's not going to be no more quarantines, and the paso paso plan is going to change significantly. Yeah. Uh, basically, they're going to start asking f- more for the mobility pass, which is the yep. pass that you get yep. through right. the That's vaccines. Right. Yep. 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 And yeah, basically, then they're gonna start uh, requesting the vaccine pass for kids over twelve mm, years old. Mm, they're gonna make this mandatory now. Aren't yes, they? Yeah. for a lot of places. Yeah. Uh, that is, I can see a lot of contro- controversy. Yeah, that's gonna be a hinky thing. <laughs> so it's gonna be tough to to enforce because again, you know, they can't. They don't have enough carabineros to go fiscalize every single yeah, restaurant yeah, ever. And plus, there's a because I think they're they, I think the mobility pass thing is going to be based on I mean the afford is going to be based on square footage. Yeah. So that's going to be something that so like uh, I don't know what the restriction is exactly, but if it's a small space and I think it's maximum fifteen people. Yeah, and I think it depends on the phase that you are in. I think if you're like mm. in phase three, I mean first like they changed phase one from quarantine to what was it called like restriction or something like that they yeah. just did away because like now if the the state of exception now that's not a thing anymore the quarantine as a concept is not a thing anymore either which make no mistake like if you are suspected or if you are sick with covid you're on a quarantine 
Yeah, because <laughs> we're still... Um, it still applies in individual cases and probably when you come back from traveling abroad. Yeah, because yeah. the state of exception is gone, but the medical emergency is still up. Yeah, exactly. Which is what gives the, uh, the Ministry of Health those... What's the word? Like powers? No. Uh, authority, yeah. Authority to be able to quarantine people, uh, enforce certain aspects of... For health reasons. Yeah, pre- exactly. pre- uh, Preventing further... Outbreaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, but, you know, I hope there's nobody out there who's just like, yoo you know, no more quarantines ever. It was like, no, yeah. if, if you're sick and if they have reason, good enough reason to basically put you under quarantine, they will still do it. But as a concept that applies basically uh, like in a broad swath to basically an entire communa, this is not going to be a thing anymore. Yeah, so individual quarantine. Exactly. Which and is- I think they added another phase, which was a bit like, okay, it's it, because they added a uh, fifth phase right now, which they okay. call uh, Abatura Masada, like advanced yeah. opening, which to me, it kind of left uh, the impression to me that they were just like, they kind of want to end this bit by bit, but not quite, you know, it's just like, okay, let's just add another one, because, because if they hadn't added that, that would mean that after phase four, like, we're good, you know? I guess they weren't really ready to make that concession yet, they'd yeah. be like, no, 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 I think after phase four, if we just don't change basically whatever defines the phases like we don't want to run that risk <laughs> let's add another phase <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it's that's smart because otherwise you know like oh f- uh, fifth phase we're done with it like everything's finished then you know people are gonna go a bit crazy yeah because a lot of people haven't been like even in the, we had like um like the peaks of the pandemic there were still people doing parties and stuff like that i think there was oh, like yeah. a I think on the same day that we had the everybody knows Isi like, Reinicke by now. Yeah, yeah. And whoa, <laughs> what was the other one? There, yeah. And there was like the Latrini. Latrini. Something like that. Yeah, the high in Lago Rapel. <laughs> oh God! Shout out to Trini in La <laughs> in La Isi. Uh, so yeah, that's basically the two big news stories. Exactly. Um, well, about we, that, I think the what actually what what su- did surprise me is that that now what what date is today? We're recording this on, on the 29th. We are three weeks away from the second anniversary of the Estallido Social. Yes. So I'm a bit surprised that they actually said like we were like no oh, more no more curfew. That's right. Because that's gonna be man like Rough. the October 18th is gonna be that's gonna be fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, talking about the government and what they don't see coming. Yeah. I have a third news. All right. Which I don't think you've heard about it. Uh, so the new government, the government planned uh, an idea to bring more tourism into the Atacama region. Okay. Are you familiar with the Desierto Florida? I, I mean, I know of it. I've seen pictures, but I've, I never went. I always wanted to go, but I never went. Okay, so the Desierto Florida is this phenomenon that happens every couple of years mm-hmm. where the, um, the Atacama Desert sees enough rainfall to make flowers bloom in the middle of the desert. I've, se- I've had the privilege of seeing it, and it is beautiful. It's yeah. like an entire field of yeah, lavender and... Uh, I think orange and poppies, and it's beautiful. So the government decided that to uh, help tourism in the Atacama region, they're going to start um, watering the desert every year to have the Desierto Florido show up every year. Because it was normally a natural phenomenon, so it didn't happen on clockwork. It happened every... Okay. It was more random. All right. Uh, which, after they announced this, the Dr. Francisco Correa from the Iber... Ibero uh, Instituto Iberoamericano de Desarrollo Sustentable. I'm not going to tr- translate that. 
Uh, Instituto Iberoamericano de Desarrollo Sustentable. Sostenible. The Iberoamerican Institute for Sustainable Development. Bam! Nice. Great. One. That was awesome. <laughs> so what he said, uh, that, that doctor said that this is a horrible idea with no scientific science behind it. <coughs> no scientific science. Yeah, there's nothing like that. Bro, just... do you even science? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, someone in the government said, no, we should, we should water the desert. We should get plants here. You, you know what that reminds me? Have you ever if you ever watched the movie Idiocracy? Oh yeah. Oh, when they started with 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 what's that called the, um, the, the thirst mutilator like this game. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. The electrolytes. What's plant? What's it's what plants crave. Yeah. It's like no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, because when you just said that that they were gonna water the plants, like my fr my first instinct went to like really that's a, that's a lot of. It's a waste of water there yeah, to begin first with. Of all. But then again, it was just like, okay, so how do, how would they source the water to, water to begin with? Because it could be non-drinkable water that mm. they might have in abundance. I do I do not know about that. But then the other thing was also basically where the where that gentleman went. It's just like, does that even work? Yeah, I think because, so. Because uh, because I suppose it's a naturally occurring phenomena that you cannot force. I guess. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I do absolutely not know what I'm talking about. Yeah, just me, for the record, uh, but... me neither. I mean, I, I'm not. I almost failed high school bi biology. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he. I hope you're not listening, yeah. mom. <laughs> uh, so the doctor, you know, he elaborates a little bit, saying that this would basically modify the natural ecosystem. So we don't know. Like, it's it's you'd be basically ruining the desert ecosystem and you, we don't know how that would affect yeah. the animals or the plant or the few plant lives that live there or anything I think this is where a lot of people this is what a lot of people get wrong because you look at the desert and you just as a layman you just see the desert and there's nothing like what ecosystem are you talking about you know and then basically mm. the expert come out was like oh, oh no 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 there is so much ecosystem. Yeah, it's, it's like ecosystem galore over there <laughs> you just don't see it you know it's like it's subterranean it's maybe or maybe there's just like, I don't know, man, one cactus every like 15 square miles. But that one cactus is really important for whatever reason. And you have a lot of critters. And yeah. And if it wasn't for the desert here, like uh, basically the climate in other parts of the country yeah, would be exactly. so much different. And yeah, like I guess the takeaway there is also doesn't matter what kind of landscape it is. Just be careful because you might yeah, I mean, set off a domino effect that... You don't know what's going, you know, how it's going to end. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're already losing all the bees, so oh, that's going to be, yeah. that's terrible to begin with. So, yeah, just don't mess with Yeah, I really hope people. this, I really hope this was just like a brainstorm yeah. and someone like, and also, and also, like, honestly, I'm a bit surprised that they want to foster tourism in the Atacama region. It's not like the Atacama region lacks tourism already. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got San Pedro Atacama, which is, I worked in tourism for a couple of years. Okay. And I think, and I don't know what has changed in, because that's like, more than 10 years ago but like at a, but at the time i think the biggest the most popular tourist destination in chile and if you, if you exclude santiago because santiago is kind of like you, you have to land in santiago anyway if you want to get to chile <laughs> it's, you know, technically like nobody it's really stays in santiago yeah. just to see santiago to be honest sorry santiago we love you santiago yeah, but you know it's it is what it was what it is <laughs> so basically the most famous tourist destination was torres del paine that okay, was number that one. Sense. And uh, close number two was uh, San Pedro de Atacama. And, you know, I've been there. I went there twice, I think. And it's I'm, I'm more of a southern Chile guy. I'm not much of a desert guy. You, uh, yeah, you, you submitted your the first time you got went there into the podcast, didn't you? 
What, the what? story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the story so, of the broken ATM. Good lord, yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, tell that. Yeah, don't again, tell but... the story. Uh, <laughs> if you want to check, you can check that. It was one of the first episodes, so I, think so. I can't. Yeah, I don't remember I, uh, the, the number. We'll put it yeah, in yeah, the description. Yeah, yeah, that was. A, I, I sent a letter. Yeah. Yeah. A letter, snail mail, <laughs> with a stamp and all that, <laughs> written with a quill. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the interesting. What was um, proposal from the government, yeah. which. Yeah, um, the government. Well, the government is actually on its way out. We have a election this year. Oh yes. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. There was the. We're going to be that. We will go much. Uh, we will go much more in depth into mm-hmm. the election and the candidates and everything with Bethany when she gets back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening and thank you, Lenny, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we have part two right now. <laughs> Of Lenny speaking more about German yeah, like you and heard Chilean. Enough of my voice yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we have more of Lenny speaking about German Chilean relations. So thank you for listening. All right, thanks. Bye. Now we have event announcements oh, and stuff. Right. Dun, da, da, da. So on October seventh, there is a horrible movie night. Do you know what this is, Lenny? Oh, I know it's horrible and it's about a movie, but it's good. It's the good kind of horrible. Yeah, you went to the last one. Oh yeah, it was so fun. Okay, so it fun. it's what do we do? It sounds like what? What would you go see a horror movie? No, it's hilarious because we go we we get a, Pinguino and I are helping coordinate it. We get a horribly hilarious movie. Last time Pastor. it was Velocipastor. the Velocipastor, which was a a preacher who turns into a dinosaur, it's but was movie. also a ninja. Of course, you can't not be a ninja if you're a pastor and And it was so fun. And what we do is we just, we we show this at a bar, we laugh, we meet people, we drink beer or non-alcoholic beverage of your choice, uh, or eat some food, whatever, and laugh and have a good time. It's completely free. It's on October 7th. There are more information going to be posted in the link in the description of our, what's it called? Podcast. Um. It's it's completely free. It's completely free. It's um, run by the Chistolas Comedy Group, and I'm gonna be there. Pinguino's gonna be there. Um, It's gonna be a great time. Something more fun. Um, Germanisms doesn't doesn't sound as fun as it actually is, but we. I mean, of course, of the due to the high immigration that it doesn't sound as fun as it actually. So it is fun. To me, it is. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, there are very few Germanisms that I can think of. But they're fun. But they're fun, and they're yummy, because among them are words as, such as Kuchen. Oh, Kuchen! Yeah, absolutely. Kuchen. You, you got the strudel. Yeah, yeah. but we have strudel in, in English, too. Okay, fine. Kuchen, we don't have, but then we have strudel. Oh, and then you have the shop. Shop, that's yeah. German as well? Yeah, and honestly, I didn't really know that in the beginning, because the, it relates to the German word... Um, um, Oh, come on. What was it now? The sh- uh, shopping, right? which is kind of archaic or maybe a little bit more in use in the southern part of Germany. But yeah, that's kind of where it came from. And okay. This is how they use it. So for those who are fluent English speakers, um, Kuchen is like a type of cake. Yeah. But actually uh, in German is... it means cake. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> Uh, shop is what we talk, uh, We used to talk about beer on tap mm-hmm. here. A, sh- a shop is a beer on tap. Mm-hmm. And there's another word that you don't really see that much anymore. I think it has fallen a little bit out of use and it was actually more in use in the south, which is suchet. I don't know if you've seen Suchin? that. Suchet? Suchet. 
S U C H E, which is sushi. Yeah, no, oh, no that would be nice, but no, this one is not. Sushi. Is this is not as a culinary Germanism? Sushi. Exactly, no. Mama no, sushi. Sushi is S U C H E, which basically translates directly. It means search or looking for, and it actually has a funny history because it. The meaning translates into something like gopher, if you will, you know, ah. yeah, kind of like, okay, gopher junior, if you will, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The gopher. And basically the history behind this whole thing, what I once read was that in the South, since you had so many Germans, whatever, they were basically, there were a lot of landowners there and they needed people, they needed workers. Uh huh. So they went to, I don't know, the railroad station or the or whatever they had there were you know where immigrants came in from germany for wherever they would basically prepare signs and said suche looking for workers ba, 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 bam. Ah. and this is how this came to pass they would call it and they were like oh, i don't know what that means but it looks like the suche means worker Search? yeah yeah or it means gopher or something like ah, that so this is how this it's not it's funny. not very much in use it anymore. is fun it oh is that fun. was See, so much fun yeah, promise kid and the last one actually that occurred to me is the word lumpen that is also lumpen? that is yeah lumpen. I don't know if I know this one. Uh, you should know this one because of your you of all people should know this one because it's a very left wing thing. You, me of all people, how <laughs> are you outing me on my podcast? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. I know that you're moderately centrist, so <laughs> obviously I have to stay um, neutral on of course, of public podcast. Of course, I'm sorry. Okay, so, so what's lumpen? Uh, so lumpen is is the. Um, what people call lumpen here is more like the down on their luck people working class the people that go out and really like you know destroy shops and like the the, pro the masses I'm, I'm, re I'm really struggling You're to find struggling the words to here to find this in it's an exactly way. a non-offensive way exactly because the word by itself is very offensive actually because lumpen means it comes from lumpen proletariat the proletariat. Yeah, exactly, and lumpen means rags. So basically, it's the proletariat that is clothed in rags and just, you know, just wants to, for whatever reason, they want a revolution or whatever. So for whatever reason, yeah. because obviously the reason exactly. is not obvious. Exactly, yeah. And, basically, and what I found, another thing, was actually, I found interesting that at some point, apparently, Valdivia was considered kind of like a bilingual city because there were just so many Germans in there that he had signposts everywhere signs in German and in Spanish Mish. and they said that the the Manns family which is apparently a very time-honored family here in Chile the Muppets no the Manns Manns oh so you know they were like landowners as far as I understand I mean they were well-to-do whatever you know they had servants as you well, you know had back, back in the days still do here and apparently they said that the family's Chilean servants they spoke German with their patrons and they used Mapudugun with their Mapuche customers and I was just like what like, really, they went. I mean, it sort of makes sense to me that they spoke German to appease the masters, but that they actually did go through the trouble to learn Mapuduun, which is like, I thought that was amazing. I mean, yeah. maybe that was also like necessity because probably the Mapuche population, maybe they weren't really that versed in Spanish. I don't know. Could be, could not be. But that, what years? That was, uh, that was in the second half of the 19th century, more or less. Okay. So 1850, something like that. So okay, I so thought that was. A long was, time ago. I think that was actually remarkable. That is interesting. Yeah. And another fun fact, well, actually more fun for me than anybody else, I think, is the whole thing that in the South they call the mora, you know, the blackberry, 
They call it Murra. Have you heard of that at Pinguino? Oh, uh, no. the Calafate? No, 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 no. Ah, it's damn. like the Mora, the blackberry, they call Mora or uh, yeah. Salsa Mora, I think, in Spanish. I got Spanish. excited because I um, was watching the Great British Bake Off the other day and they were like <laughs> talking about a specific berry. I wish I could, the Burberry, something, something. It was a berry and they Burberry, were like, this. isn't that a clothing thing? <laughs> no, I, yeah, but it wasn't that. I don't remember what it was called, but they said this berry and that they were making a pie out of it and they're like, oh, it's really like tart, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what the heck is this berry? And they're like, oh, but it's very, it's amazing, and it's hard to find here and in England, and da da da. And so I looked it up, and it's literally the calafate. Really? And wow. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I mean, I can imagine this thing being, like, I can imagine they'd be able to grow this thing in England with the climate and all. I mean, Punta Arenas, Patagonia. Yeah, but they were like, oh, it's so it's fancy, it's so it's not fancy, it's it's so fancy. fancy, and it's the calafate. And and I was like, like, we, like, have, ah. we have a beer named after this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. No, but what they did, or what they do still in the southern part, they call it, they call it Murra instead of Mora, and apparently they said that's because like all the German immigrants, they weren't, they they they, they, they can't they couldn't pronounce the R, like in like the rolling the R. Uh huh. Yeah, like I can't, but you know a lot of Germans. You've been I, here for I, quite no, a few I, years. No, but I I do know a lot of Germans who can, not necessarily here, but a friend of mine can from university can't. cannot. Like it's just, I guess it's a, maybe, I don't know if it's a genetic thing or a practice thing. I don't know, but they cannot form the sound in their mouth you know so basically instead of mora they would say mora they were just like you know dragging the r along like it's very guttural mora and i think the chileans just understand mora and then it's kind of like how this whole thing turns into the turn into another word so i thought that was kind of fun that Uh, is fun it is fun and since we're on the topic of uh, food stuffs and culinary things culinary things it's a very smooth transition that i do here one thing I've noticed here is like the, I would, but I want to call the fake German restaurants. Oh yeah, here. with the bratwurst and the two crew. But they're well, no, 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 no. That's a, I, I don't mean that. I mean there are legit German restaurants. If you think they're good or not, that's a different thing, you know. But like this whole, for example, you should have whole, seen his eye roll. The whole tippy up. Oh no, yeah. that's not German. The Fuente Alema. That's those are sandwiches. Uh, no, no, no. Like uh, you know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but there's know. a difference between a place that sells sandwiches yeah. and a place that sells German food in Chile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm absolutely not. Uh, I'm not bashing their food. I mean, it's good. If you're to that good, they get great sandwiches. It's just like like it's, the German cuisine is not really known for their. Sandwiches of pan de mille. That is it's a like, Chilean mixed. Like a there's a, that's a Chilean. Mm, interpretation of German yeah. food which is sandwiches yeah and everybody thinks that in Germany we eat all the time grudo you know which is basically just raw minced meat spiced up with delicious the, which is yeah I have some but it's not like it exists there but it's not a very common thing you know no, there are German restaurants in Chile that are really good yeah where you can get some exactly. good bratwurst and schnitzel and all that it's yeah. fun stuff but um the you it's not gonna be the tippy top it's not gonna be the fuente no, alemana no. it's it's gonna be a german restaurant not a place you go exactly. to get yeah and i mean yeah and actually i just wanted to say like if if, if you want to have some german food like authentic german food i think one place i could recommend was it would be the place called tante marlene which is up in vitacura is run by i just uh, went there like three weeks ago. yeah it's it's it's, it's run by a german couple and they have authentic food so basically and also like food from because there's no such thing as German food, period. It's not only like bratwurst and sauerkraut, you know. It's like, you know, you got fish, you got some, we even got a sort, sort of a pasta, if you will. Which right. is also part, depends on which region you're on. So they basically cover those bases very right. well. 
and I mean, there used to be this place that I, oh man, that's, that's kind of contra controversial. I used to, uh, this place, um, it's called uh, Lili Marlene. I don't know if you heard of it. They closed down after the Estallido Social. I went there a couple of times, but it's a place you have to be willing to leave politics outside because man, are they ever right wing, man. Now that you got pictures with Pino, like they not even tried to hide the whole Pinochet thing. Like they were like yeah. out there. There are some, there are still restaurants like that in Chile yeah. that, or like, uh, especially like little tiendas, mm. little mini markets that you can go in and they're like, there's the Pinochet statue or there's the well, Pinochet picture or exactly. there's your Nazi flag. Exactly. And you're like, and I'm in the wrong place. Yeah. Here, I'm going to turn around and go to the next place. Goodbye. So, yeah, so that was one thing. Even though I got to say, man, the food was really good. <laughs> the food was really good. I was, like, I was like struggling a little bit between my morals and my hunger. So I was like, okay, fine. So, um, but they did close down because, I mean, everybody who knew this restaurant knew where they stood uh -huh. in terms of politics. And I guess they were, they, the... were, they were a target, uh, definitely. And they have always been a target in, because... Well, you, you know, if you're going to be an asshole and, like, put up, like, fascist shit, just, you know, your freedom of speech has consequences. Right. And you have, um, basically, if you walk by the place, I mean, first off, you wouldn't get in. Like, you have to have a reservation. And there was, <laughs> there was actually a guard in a long trench coat. Like, oh honestly, like, every time I saw that, it was like, why is this do you guy wanna, an, do you, is why, an SS official? Like, what the, like, why really did they want to be fascist that? that bad? Just take your I shit know. down. Like, take your shit down. Like, what is it? Like, and, and open it up to people. You can have your own belief system and be like an internal asshole. But like, what is, why, why yeah. is it so important for you to be a, like a public fascist? Yeah, Come was, on. It's just like, they were just advertising the whole thing. It was like, you know, what's your name? What's your reservation? Okay, you can come in. It's like, really? Is that necessary? I guess I is, you know? So, as I said, food was good, but eh, they closed down, so they're not around anymore. Bye. And, Bye, yeah. Felicia. So, so, you got Tante Malene, which is something that I recommend. It's good German food it's good. and fills you up because Germany is not known for their light cuisine. So, that's that. So mm, Nice and hefty cuisine yeah, exactly. and beer. So, talking about uh, controversial political things, one thing that actually happened to me a lot here was, oh God. was the um, when people learned that I was from Germany, they were like... Oh, ha, 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 and then they did the Hitler salute, you know? <gasps> oh, no. And they were just, like, laughing at me, and I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy, I get it. I get where you're coming from, you know? Just don't, don't do, do this with anybody. Uh, don't, don't do this. I have a weird belief system, and I have talked about this before, like, in, like, my comedy before, but it's like, anytime somebody's, like, location, movement with your hands, it's always offensive. Like, uh, for example, I'm like, Oh, my family's from Texas. And they're like, oh, you mean yeehaw? And I'm like, just don't. Or like, like, oh, that person's from India. Oh, do you mean like, like, like namaste? Yeah. Or, yeah. or like, like they'll point to their forehead right, or like, like, they'll be like, oh, 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 oh Indian. Oh, like, and I'm like, just don't do anything with your, your body. Just be like, cringe. Just be like, that's nice. Or they'll do like the gun movements with their hands when they find out I'm from the South. I'm just like, just, just don't, just don't yeah. do, just don't do that. And in a way, like by now I'm kind of, I, I, the first time around, I was kind of like taken aback. Now I'm, I'm laughing it off because I know it comes from a place man, of ignorance. ignorance. Yeah. I didn't want to say ignorance because it sounds ugly. No, but, but it yeah. is. It's like, it comes from a place of ignorance. And oh, I, they and, know better. And, People well, know depends better. On who you talk to, but I don't know. Like sometimes I'm like, you know better. You just don't give a shit. Could be, could be, but I, I school them. I tell them it's like, Hey, uh, 
yeah, just don't, don't do that again. Don't do it with any other, other Germans. And definitely do not do that. Shall you ever go to Germany to visit? Because that is a federal crime there. Like you will get locked up in yeah. jail if they catch you. And they're like, what? Seriously? Seriously. This is no laughing matter over there. No, you know? don't. Just do, ah, just, Everybody be nice. <laughs> let's play our bongos. It's like here also, um, mm. people like to throw around the N-word here and uh i cannot tell you i have to i have to get in people's faces for them to understand that they can't use that word like if i'm just like dude no that's not okay because you don't understand and they'll just be like and then they'll say it again and so i have to get up in people's faces Mm. and be like no you do not understand do not say that i have been associating with somebody for reasons that uh does that and every time he does i'm just like should I tell? Because apparently he lived in the States. He told me that he lived in the States. I'm like, are in, the- in the States and you don't know? Like, you're still doing that? <laughs> you should he's know being better. an asshole. He's just being an asshole and he's like, It's really weird, yeah. So anyway, so that's... that's so yeah, that. so that's that. But actually, that kind of comes back to what, what we talked about before. This whole thing about like, okay, how do you deal with your history? Because... Again, you know, in in Chile, it was kind of like, okay, let's just like, you know, sweep this under the rug. This never really happened. So there Mm -hmm. has never been a conversation about what happened. Because, yes, of course, there are always two sides to everything. There's like, I'm not even... And one, and sometimes one is right and one is wrong. The thing is like, okay, what are you willing to sacrifice in terms of like, how far are you willing to go to justify one side or the other, you know? Like, in, in, in Nazi Germany, and, you know, it sounds ugly, but also... The winner writes the history books. It has always been like that. So basically, the the um, the nah, the allies kind of shaped the curriculum. This is where right. I got my education from. This is how my mom got her education. And we grew up with a set of values saying, "Okay, Nazism bad. Right. Do not kill people. Not cool. Like respect Jews, respect minorities." <laughs> is right. That, yeah. And it doesn't matter if that person, if you think that this person is a drain on the social system. You don't get to be an asshole. Be an asshole. You don't get to let him like kill him or yeah. No, he, he doesn't people need have to rights. Dis- to, yeah. People have rights to life and don't be a, like don't kill people. Like mm. and I mean that's the problem with what happened in Spain and and literally we copied and pasted what happened in Spain here and it was just like you know everything's forgiven and let's not talk about it. And Chile, I really believe you know I'm not Chilean, but I. I, if I can humbly say this from my perspective and that I've talked to Chileans also who agree, like that there is a lot of scars on the Chilean community from this inability to to look at what they did in the face and reconcile with their own history with the good things and the bad things and to like look at their family and to be like, look, my fucking, my fucking grandfather was a fucking torturer. That's fucked up. Mm. Or... Or like, you know, because there are, I mean, I have friends who are like, my aunt was tortured. My dad was put in jail. My, you know, like things like that. So it's, it's so fresh here. Like, and unfortunately there are, there's just, it's, it's so painful. And Chile is just sort of scratching the surface of being able to like reconcile Mm. with their own history. And, um... Yeah, I think uh, that, that thing, that's why, like, the Estadio um, Social, like, that happened. Like, it was this, like, coming together of finally people being like, f- f- enough. Mm. Enough. We need a new freaking constitution because it, it's enough. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, this 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 clash of, or, or even, like, this juxtaposition of different sets of values, if you will. I think that, sure. that, that, that is the thing that is in, and I don't want to say that it's absolutely 
like you know um homogenized in germany or whatever but oh, well, absolutely you, you, not. You, you would say that at least like a big majority let's say 90 95 percent there agree on some very fundamental values there that kind of shape our political discourse in a way you know okay like democracy is great it's a thing let's do that you know right Whereas we can look back and say impression... pinochet was bad like we yeah. have to as a society be like okay pinochet was bad like we <laughs> like we can't keep pretending and lying to or like not lying to ourselves like as if i'm there hmm. but like we have to learn about this what happened why did it happen yeah and why is it not good you and know? why is it not good and how can we not prevent this from happening yeah. again but there is none of that in chilean yeah. curriculum or very little that, you know, this takes years because in a way you have to agree on what values are acceptable or not you because know? i mean it's we like... just talked about how uzi was involved in yeah. the in the colonial dignidad and they in like pinedo it's, it's, it's a duty <laughs> like like his brother wrote the constitution yeah, right, that right. we're trying to abolish like we're not removed at all yeah. as a chilean society from these things that happened nobody basically nobody went to jail pinochet got to live out his life and then die lucia is still alive she's five billion she's years old she's never gonna die she's five billion <laughs> years old she's still alive and nothing has happened to her and you see her and her family mm. like having on say like having a great time and it's like you just get to live your lives oh, and right. all of these other people were murdered and tortured i mean bachelet was tortured right. and she was the president of chile right. and i think it's just on a very like on a more fundamental level here is is, is the thing that because i i know people that are still very much in favor of what happened during the dictatorship they're just misguided and, and, they're ignorant yeah, yeah but okay but here's the thing it's like they have their reasons and you go like okay i do understand your reasoning i just do not think that this result merits this kind of course of action. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, yeah, sure. Like if we double down on crime, if we just uh, implement curfews 24 seven, blah, 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 blah. Yes, crime is gonna go down. Like, <laughs> like or whatever, street if crime. If we murder people. people we don't like, then yeah. yes, people we don't like stop existing. That is, a, that's a truth there, but yeah. we can't do that. Like yeah, that's yeah. just something we have to, as a, as a world yeah, exactly. as a to... planet need to decide that it's bad exactly. right that's the things like you have to be the ends do not justify the means yeah and you have to be able and be comfortable to live in gray areas you know that's the thing you know there are certain gray areas that have to live in because yes we do agree a certain measure of security is necessary but then we do not want a police state either so it's like okay where do we move in between these two extremes when did this but become anyway, a, yeah, po this a political <laughs> when did this become a political podcast where did this soapbox oh, come from jesus mary and joseph okay fine. you invite the german on the podcast <laughs> and suddenly everything gets political yeah yeah like didn't see that one coming right so yeah anyway so let's let's move on to that i think i got two two more left and how many points have we had actually, definitely well, doing actually no it was just eight but there were very long points that's fine so, that's fine i'm enjoying myself so, pinguino is about to fall asleep over there but i'm enjoying myself yeah but we're almost done here i guess yeah, maybe so like one thing that you mentioned before are the the german products which is also something that yes. I've noticed, which i just think is hilarious you slap sometimes. a german flag you, exactly. on it and what was it one time you told me there were condoms yeah i think that was one of my stand-up jokes there yeah but it was that was actually a brand of condoms it was like made in germany it was like okay that means that they're like as incorruptible as steel or something like that it was just like, <laughs> this is like the most un, like non-central thing that i've ever seen german condoms it's like oh you gosh. know have pleasure but also be efficient you know it's like <laughs> i've seen like german eye drops yeah. i've seen also i'm like so they're from germany so that means like people you slap a german flag on a product in chile and people are like i'm a i'm a get 
that shit. Mm, yeah, exactly. And exactly what you just mentioned before, there are like so many companies here that kind of like, I don't even want to say they pretend to be German because that would be unfair, but they kind of like try to... Well, they understand bathe, the market, yeah, right? They, they bathe in that air, you know, they go like, okay, let's just try to look German. Like, which to be fair, I think they were German immigrants or sons of German immigrants, so they got that going for them, but then they got, you know, the whole... Like, like a chilling the, company. There's nothing associated with Germany yeah, ty- with it at all. The, they got the type fund in like this very, Yeah, they got like, the little eagle that's kind yeah, of Yeah, the eagle fascist. and everything, so just go like, well, we still use an eagle on our crest these days. Oh, so. okay. So, but... I see eagles and I get scared, though, to yeah, be like fair... like the bald eagle. <laughs> I was just Damn, gonna say that. I was just job. gonna say that. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. So, yeah, so they got that and... Say what you want about the bald yeah. eagle. It's majestic as fuck. And there was also like a company... I remember once I haven't seen it was like uh, like a consultora, I think, and they were called Feel Besser, which literally translates to much better, which is just like the weirdest name to have. But if you don't know what it means, because it looks German, so okay, you know, but it's just like, really? Okay, well, well whatever I mean, works for you. I mean, there's weird translations here. There's a place called Too Much Sushi, and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, too much oh, means it's excessive on, and not good. That means <laughs> it's bad. You don't want too much sushi. You want so yeah, much sushi or a lot of sushi. You don't want too world. much sushi. You know. Ah, no, it's too much. Yeah, but apparently this whole this whole thing was like just like associating yourself with a German. This apparently works, which is surprising considering everything that I had and everything that I've talked about for the last mm-hmm. I don't even know how many hours. But okay, still works. Also... And you know, I you know I do that myself with my little company. You know, we just try to hold up the the, the German flag and. It, it's German it products works. we're selling, but you know, like every time people ask me, okay, why should I buy your product? Well, it's from it's Germany. German. It's like the first argument that I pull up, you know, and it works most of the time. So, you know. Well, also, there's and something we really haven't touched on is that there is a lot of still elitism in being white and oh, yeah. being yeah, from yeah, Germany yeah, yeah. and having that heritage yes. in the last name that is not Latin or Mapuche. And, I mean, I was talking to one of my students about this, like, the huge desire for Chileans to learn how to speak German. And it's like, why? Why? Like, you go to Germany, nobody's going to speak to you in German. They're going to be like, okay, let's speak in English. And then you could have invested that time and money in learning English and, like... Yeah. Of course, me no being kidding. very biased. No, but, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, you could have... Or Chinese, it, let's say Chinese. Yeah, Mandarin, any other whatever. language that's not German, because the, you won't even... Sp- if you butcher german yeah, in germany they're going to be like you know? no they're just it's just but it's an elitist thing that's it yeah, people yeah. want to learn it here because it's cool and like rich people learn it and like white people learn it and it's really cool it's the same thing of being like oh i'm i have an italian passport it's like okay i don't care like yeah. i don't know it's just the, there's an entire elitist thing also mm. so that that gets associated with german products and like yeah. german things and um, it's distancing yourself yeah. from being the, what's considered less savory, which is more Latino or more right. native, which is stupid. Yeah, and you know, German people, which actually brings me to my next point, which is I really had have them like lined up point, like that. Point to point, yeah, point. yeah, like smooth ah, transitions. Sorry. Oh boy. I just dropped tea on myself. That is not good. So yeah, it wasn't hot. Don't you worry. Know, and, okay. and, and, and you see, another thing that I personally experienced is that just the fact of being german it definitely gives me a it gives me a, a, um, a, a how do you call it, a foot up no a, yeah, yeah a foot up it, it gives me a foot up in certain situations but then on the flip side i feel that it also really triggers ridiculously high expectations sometimes you know mm. which is okay it's like the the dark side of privilege if you will <laughs> because i don't okay there's no way f- 
like there's no way for me like you've been you get put in a box in a way and they expect you to be a certain way and to work a certain way and to to perform a certain way you know because i don't know how many interviews i only got invited to because i stood up because i'm from germany and i think german i went to a german university and yada 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 you know also oh you're, so, you're from germany tell me about it. it's like the first thing that i got asked most of the times and i'm not complaining i mean but you kind of are you know yeah <laughs> I, mean, no, no, no. I mean, I'm not complaining about getting jobs or being interviewed, but it's, uh, first of all, I mean, it's not I mean, really I, fair. I mean, I get it. it I'm a gringa. Like that, I'm right? a gringa. I, I totally get what you're saying. I, I get the, I get that it's a blessing and a curse in a lot of yeah. ways. Like you, I'm going to be invited. I'm, I'm white. I'm going to get invited because again, the elitism of this, of being white, being able, being fluent in English and then you English and German. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of being put in a box. Yeah, exactly. Of like you aren't one of us. You like you are and you are othered in a certain mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that the negative outweighs the privilege because it would be much oh, worse no, if no, I no, didn't no, no, have no. a job. You know no, what I mean? Of course not. Yeah. Because especially in the English teaching realm, like the whole like native versus non-native English speaking like <laughs> debate is okay, just yeah. ridiculous. Exactly. And I don't know, like, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, no, I've had this actually, I've heard that my, one of my last jobs that I had, that apparently the guy that hired me, uh, like, after he basically gave the okay for me to be hired, he was just like, oh, you know, just, you know, this guy is German, he's probably going to replace me at some point. It was like, bah, 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 bah. It was like and when I heard about that, I was like, no I, pressure, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, those are some very high expectations here. It's like, right. I'm new to this. So, like, that made me feel a little bit like, okay, I hope I'm really up to snuff here. So, that's it's, it's, weird. it's stereotypes. And also, yeah. I mean, hey, like, I get put in a box a lot from being from the U.S. And especially with, like, the coup and all those kinds of things. And a lot of people from the U.S. are very, like, culturally ignorant about, you know, about not everybody please don't hate me for saying that but i mean a lot of people who are from the u.s don't really know what's going on in south america they group everybody in south america into like the mexico box or like they don't want to learn spanish or whatever whatever i could go on forever and so i very much get stereotyped into the oh she doesn't know spanish or she doesn't understand our history Mm -hmm. and i will never understand it in the way like a obviously a chilean will but I don't like, nobody likes being put in a box exactly. and stereotyped. And you're putting work in this, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I live here. It's my home. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be like, I don't know, like, a, like I don't want people to think I'm like a crazy anti-vaxxing, you know, maggot lady. So. <laughs> Ma- oh, oh maggot, I, I heard maggot lady. Like maggot that's, lady. That yeah. either. Oh, good lord. That <laughs> either. I don't want to be associated with maggots either. Yeah, who does? No hate nobody on maggots. Does. Um, you know, I'm sure they're a very important part of the ecosystem, but I don't want to, I don't want to hang out with them. Right, right. Okay, so I guess that's... Is that what you got? That was fun. That was was long. (laughs) That was long, but I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I learned a lot. I hope you guys learned a lot and enjoyed it. I definitely think we're going to split this into two parts. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so don't forget, we have, um... Several events coming up, but the first one that's set in stone is October 7th, the Horrible Movie Night. Come watch a horrible movie with me and with Pinguino. That's going to be so much fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to have a good time. It's free. It's at the Black Rock Pub, which is an Australian bar in near Metro Tobalaba. You can walk from the Metro like a minute and a half. It's super close. So it'll be great. I hope to see you there and see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye. 
when in doubt, Gringo out. <laughs> hey guys, the Chile Today podcast is produced by Diego Pinguino Rivera. It is written by Alicia Lubin and Bethany Francis in conjunction with ChileToday.cl. Hope you enjoy.